Let's talk free agency. We've got a fun class of quarterbacks to examine. We're going to sort it all out here today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dude, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league. I'm a Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Speaking of every day, we'd like to issue a big thank you, welcome, and shout out to our everydayers. Those of you who make us your first listen every single day, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Joe, I'm going to need your best, was it Bruce Buffer impression? Yes. It's time! Uh, let's get ready to rumble! You, you did it so intensely that your microphone actually cut out there. I don't know if you know that or Hit not. Hit it really? Wow, yeah. I hate that. Was that better than uh, Travis Kelsey singing Viva Las Vegas uh, on the podium? Or Imagine me sticking around to watch oh. the post-game festivities. No, I like, I like to just, I want to f- have all of it. We already did the Super Bowl. What, what, yeah, Miko Harmon caught a touchdown, didn't know he won the game, and I said, click, turn the TV off, I'm done. Okay. All right. Um, we have a very robust next five, five weeks or so out in front of us uh, because we are going position by position across the free agency market to come, and I'm glad we're doing quarterbacks uh, potentially before any quarterback extensions <laughs> get, get done because that's the risk we're going to be running yeah. here with doing this style of content, but we want to prep everybody for the first major hurdle of the NFL offseason, which is the start of the league calendar year and the first wave of free agency. And then after that comes, then we'll spend the next six, seven weeks very heavy in NFL draft for the next wave of free agency. And then we'll detox the draft, and then we'll talk about who's still in the free agent market for the post-June first contract wave, and then we'll get into all of our summer content. Like, there's, we got a lot. And so officially off season season's over um, his quarterback markets a really interesting one. And we are going to, for all position groups, but the next two days is do a big picture overhead conversation about the free agency class as scheduled. And then the following day, we're going to do a deep dive on a couple of the players on the, the following show to be like, if you need a starter, here's some of the guys. And kind of the parameters of that will be different with each position group of quarterback. Obviously, it's it's pretty feast or famine. So what we're going to do first is kind of introduce everybody to who is on the market. And then we're going to kind of generally sort them into tiers for expectations and come up with a consensus of what the class of free agency looks like. I'm excited. I'm very excited. I think as we introduce the crop of expiring contracts again surely Mm -hmm. a lot of these names will go back to their teams maybe not as much at quarterback right we'll see it's kind of a kirk cousins baker mayfield right those are kind of the big buzzy names out there but there's also a a, like you i heard you start to say the pro bowl or gardner Minshew. 
Mason Rudolph and his end of season heroics. Some some other names: Ryan Tannehill, Jacoby Brissett, Sam Darnold, Tyrod Taylor. There's names here, Kyle. So what I want to do is uh, I want to introduce everybody to the names of the free agent to be quarterbacks that started or played at least twenty percent of their team's offensive snaps this season. Okay, because that that's kind of the bones of like these are the guys that played for one reason or another. Some Can you them, make that 18.6%? No, I'm going to go a little bit further than that. I'm just okay. going to first introduce the oh, names okay. that play right. volume. Right. Yeah, because right. obviously you're, you're, you're wanting me to make sure <laughs> I sneak Mason Rudolph in there. Yeah. We'll talk plenty about Mason. Uh, Baker Mayfield was a annual starter, wire-to-wire, played 99.7% of the snaps. Gardner Minshew obviously was supposed to be the backup in Indianapolis. He ends up starting all but, I think, three games. Uh, and ended up playing like half of one of the the games he didn't start for Anthony yeah. Richardson. Uh, eight, 85% of the snaps that he took. The third highest snapping quarterback that's set to be an expiring free agent uh, contract is Josh Dobbs, who between Arizona <laughs> and Minnesota plays 75% of the snaps for the teams that he's on this past season. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, his contract voids as a 36-year-old veteran. Uh, that is 47% of the snaps. Kirk Cousins, as a 36-year-old veteran coming off of an Achilles tear, his contract also voids. That, of course, means Minnesota and Tennessee did some funny stuff with salary cap purposes to reduce their salary cap hits when they were on. Uh, Jake Browning is the next highest, but he's an exclusive rights-free agent. So I don't – we even going to bother talking about No, he, he either has to play for the Bengals for the minimum or not play football. He's going okay. to play for the – yeah, so right. no. So there's, there you go. Yeah. Uh, to Rod Taylor, uh, his contract also avoids 33% of snaps, 35-year-old veteran. So you've got a a trio of voided contract mid-30s uh, quarterbacks. Joe Flacco, speaking of late-stage career quarterbacks, is the next highest snapping quarterback, uh, 28% of snaps. Easton Stick played 27% of the snaps. Trevor Simeon played 26% of the snaps. Uh, and then you're into Philip Walker and Mason Rudolph and Drew Locke, Sam Darnold. Those Last four, Walker through Darnold, were all under 20% of snaps. So that's kind of the quarterback free agents that are largely notable. There's a few other notables that didn't get a lot of runtime this year and the amount of volume that they played. So those are the names. Coming up here in just a moment, Kyle and I are going to sort them out. We're going to put them in tiers. The timeout's been called. We should probably acknowledge uh, Jameis Winston. Okay. uh, Jacoby Brissett. Tyler Huntley and Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota. Marcus is toast. Well, we'll 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 do that when we do the tier. Someone's going to pay him four million dollars to be their backup (laughs) next year. So we're going to sort we're going to sort that out here in just a second. So stick with us. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app with over three million members. I love the format here. It's the easiest way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. You pick. Two to six players on stat projections. You pick more or less on what they're projected, and then you watch the winnings roll in. It's demon time on prize picks. You can now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. You can turn 10 bucks into 1000 bucks. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. You can now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. Prize picks is very simple to play. You can make your picks and submit an entry in under 60 seconds. And then when you win, the withdrawals are super quick. So check it out. Go to prizepicks.com 
slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, pick more, picks, pick less. It's that easy. Okay. So now that the administrative portion of the show is out of the way, which is if your team needs a starting quarterback, whether you're uh, a team that, like Minnesota, has your starter who's an expiring contract, or your team like the New England Patriots who might be on the outside looking in as far as being comfortable with drafting a quarterback relative to your draft slot. Uh, sounds like the Raiders or another team. Uh, it, it was reported that uh, uh, GM interviews there uh, were very heavily focused on, like, what's your process for finding us a quarterback relative to us picking 13th in the draft? Uh, so that report came out this past week. So, um, there's going to be probably what a quarter of the league that needs a, a starting quarterback, mm-hmm. if not more. And uh, we've set the table for the names. And now the objective is to kind of sort out who belongs in what buckets as far as expectations. And I know you have some stuff kind of lined up for how you want to do that. Well, as I've <clears throat> examined this class, I've, I've kind of figured out some tiers that make sense to me. One of them being guys that you look at, That'll probably be somebody's day one starting quarterback that's really not going to have competition. Then I think you have a a bucket of guys that are like bridge-type quarterbacks, high-end backups. And I think you have a good backup tier. I think you have last resort backups, and some people have to live in this world. And then there's the unserious backup quarterbacks that populate the rest of this group. So as we consider the top of this quarterback class, who are the guys that you think are going to be all right? Someone's going to sign these players to be a starting quarterback for them. Yeah, it starts with Kirk. Right? Yep. I think Kirk's the best quarterback on the market, uh, even at this stage of his career. Uh, was playing really good ball before the injury. I know that they didn't have a lot of team success uh, before the injury. Um, but Kirk, Kirk has kind of proven his track record of executing the structure of an offense at pretty high level. And I think he's got ample arm strength. I think he's in that bucket. I think Baker Mayfield is definitively in that bucket. Uh, I think the season that he came off of with Dave Canales, um, a little bit of stability, some talent around him in the skill groups. You foil that to what it was in Carolina, how bad the situation was in Cleveland at the end. Uh, The Rams was kind of a skeleton crew by the time he got there. So I think Baker Mayfield with his background as a former number one overall pick who had some early success in Cleveland and then reignited that with some stability from from the Tampa Bay organization Uh, I think he's definitively in that bucket beyond that like I think that's cut and dry like these should be targeted as day one starting options because if if you're getting that expectation there's a certain dollar amount that comes with that too yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I think that's the interesting part is I think you identified the two guys that'll be signed and there'll be somebody starting quarterback. Maybe it's more interesting to talk about the APY, the projected APY for those players. And I would say probably 35 million APY on the low end up to 40, maybe a little over. Seems like the right world for us to live in. Derek Carr got both what, guys? 37 and a half? For both guys? Yeah, I bet you they both get above 35. 
It's just tough for Baker. It's a tough sell. Especially because you you no longer feel great about a potential return to Tampa because there's an entire scheme change and Canales is now in Carolina and Liam Cohen's the offensive coordinator. But don't you feel like the the landing spots that exist between there's a lot of them, Atlanta, Raiders, Pittsburgh, um, New England. I feel like there's enough destinations to create enough demand where they're not going to be picking one of these top two or three quarterbacks where there's going to be some money out there for them. I, he showed a lot. He had a great season there. They won the division. They won a playoff game. So I'm just reconciling the list. Derek Carr got 37 and a half last he did. year. He did. There's not 35 out there for Baker. There wasn't this past off season. He got 4 million, but this is a different conversation. Uh, and the next step down from Carr for contracts given out last year was Garoppolo at 24 and a quarter. I did. Was the Geno Smith, did, did they do that extension ex- last it's year? It's an extension, so yeah. Right, but I still think it's a quarterback that's relevant for like yeah. a contract and a value, and that was 25. Well, you think you think that Baker can be down in that stratosphere? I mean, no, I, I think he's over 30. I, I think my gut would place him closer to 30 than 40, and I think Kirk gets probably 40. Okay. If staff if Stafford's getting forty and Dak's currently getting forty, and it sounds like that's going to get reassessed, I would imagine Kirk coming off of his current was thirty five million. He'll definitely come up from that in the same way that Carr did, because Carr made himself more money without he handled the situation with the Raiders. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so some debate over the APY projections, but I think we both agree that Cousins and Mayfield are the guys yes. that are going to be signed to be starters. This next tier of guys where you would say high-end backup, potential bridge quarterback, a guy you'd love to have in place to either get through a season or to have alongside a young quarterback. Uh, what are the names that you think populate this bucket? I think Jameis Winston belongs in this bucket. I think Jacoby Brissett belongs in this bucket. This might be a hot take, but I would rather have Terod Taylor than Gardner Minshew in this bucket. I I probably would, too. I think that teams will view them similarly in terms of role and dollars. Yeah, I think so. I just think there's an element of Minshew that's process versus results that um, he's tough. Yeah, he's tough to it, take. He's difficult to reconcile because yeah. I think that the the free wielding way in which he it almost reminds me. Dolphins fans will appreciate this. It reminds me a little bit of like Matt Moore. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that rings any bells for you, but Matt Moore was like a long tenured backup quarterback who got one year in Miami before they drafted Tannehill and put up pretty reasonable numbers and was a fun player. But just like the sustainability, especially if you're projecting like year over year of of how that style of play, how consistent you feel like it's going to be, it feels like it becomes a limiting factor once the floor of the rest of the team gets raised. And that's kind of how I view Minshew, which is kind of why I think he's definitively in the backup. But I think there's guys who would be backups that would give you either a greater ceiling or would execute at a higher floor than Gardner Minshew. 
So are we putting Minshew in the good backup or the high-end backup bridge tier? I mean, he he was literally a high-end backup bridge last year. But I, he's not going to go to a he's not going to go to Shane Steichen with a top 5 pick. That that doesn't exist, right? Right. Now, from the familiarity with the scheme was the biggest thing for Gardner in my opinion. So, in in my grading, I have Jameis Tarod, Brissett, Minshew of the names that we have included in that order. Okay, any any thought for Ryan Tannehill or Mason Rudolph in this bucket? I think mine's washed. I I agree. I would agree with you. Is he is he? A, but is he gonna? Okay, so there's the difference between what the teams are going to do the way we see them. I think we agree yeah. that we see him that way. For the teams, you you don't you couldn't see the Raiders picking a, picking up Ryan Tannehill and rolling with him for a season. Good backup. Good backup at this stage. There's like a durability element of of him as well. It was a disaster as far as a poor offensive line in front of him and his instincts for feeling pressure. I wouldn't put him in that. I would put him in the good backup bucket. How about Mason Rudolph? I feel like that's a Pittsburgh exclusive conversation, but um, we get the expectation Pittsburgh's going, and they've said as much, Tomlin said as much, that there's going to be competition for Kenny Pickett, right? Has to be, right? But yes, it's nice to hear I, that I, come out. I think, he, I think he actually like said that out loud. Good. Um, is Mason Rudolph enough competition for Kenny Pickett? If you're talking about a team that has been on the doorstep of the postseason, you got in this year. I don't know that I would want him to be the bridge slash competition. The question is, will there be another team that saw a small sample size? And let's not act like this hasn't happened before in the NFL. It happens all right. the time. They saw Saul, Matt Flynn, Rob Johnson, uh, this stuff, uh, Brock Osweiler, this stuff happens all the time. There's no team out there that would say, come on, you know, give him a Jacoby Brissett type contract that we saw with like Washington this past offseason. Like that couldn't be out there for him. For Jacoby got 8 million per on his last deal. I would guess Mason gets between four and eight. Well, uh, just to run through the APYs of some of the guys that we're, we're talking about, Jameis Winston was four. Terod Taylor was five and a half. Jacoby Brissett was eight. Uh, Joshua Dobbs was two. Gardner Minshew was three and a half. Marcus Mariota was five. Maybe a bump for Mason, who was a, a tick over one million, right? He signed that right. like one year, five million dollar deal. Oh, I and think then that came... probably works against him too. Dude started four games, made a million dollars last year. I'll offer you three and a half and give you a three hundred fifty percent pay raise. Three and a half is 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 a tick under four. So you're you're thinking that he comes in under four, right? I I want to be inclined to believe it sounds like at least through the conversation thus far that there's going to be a little bit of jurisdiction and discipline 
with both Baker Mayfield at the top of this market and simultaneously some of the backup names at the bottom of this market. I mean, shame on Pittsburgh if they're going to bid against themselves and lock in Mason Rudolph for $8 million a year, you know? I'd say between, I, I think feel, it's before four and eight between four and eight is where and I, I feel like there's enough guys that are close in this conversation that I think that muddies the water as well. But a guy like Drew Locke, Tyler Huntley. I actually like Locke. Locke would be a guy that I would want to swing on if I were a team that needed somebody with some upside. Obviously, was arm talents was evident going back to Missouri. Goes to Denver. Doesn't really work out. He's a part of the the rust trade. He got a little bit of run at the end of the year. Look, look kind of good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that matters. I think between him yeah. and Mason Rudolph, I think you look at both of those players and, and say, you know what? They got an opportunity and you can tell they let their hair down and said, I'm going to play. I'm going to throw it. You know what I mean? I'm going to try to make some plays. I have, what do I have to lose? And I can appreciate that about both of those players. And they probably position themselves to get a decent opportunity as a backup in 2024. Yeah. Now Mason had a little bit bigger body of work. Uh, Drew only had the, the two weeks, right. the two week stretch in December where he attempted more than 30 passes against both San Francisco and, and Philly. Helped lead the comeback win against Philly in that game. Um. If you ask me my appetite on all the players that are like high ceiling swing to back guys, Drew Locke would be the guy for me. That's your okay. And maybe last year I would have said Tyler Huntley. I, I was disappointed with some of what's happened with Tyler Huntley since I was last intrigued by Tyler Huntley. I would agree with you too with that. Drew Locke would kind of be my guy if I if there was a a reasonable competition player that I wanted to bring in or I, I felt like I had to have a high end backup. Some teams feel that way. You know I, what's I, the shame? What's you that? He'd probably be kind of interesting in Denver. <laughs> well, you know. Probably not going to happen, but you think about the, the Jared Stidham. We didn't invoke Denver in this conversation all yet, right? But, like, right. is Stidham going to be the incumbent? Are they going to go back and work stuff out with Russ? And, like, that just doesn't feel – it feels way beyond that point. I know they're kind of leaving everything on the table. I think they should think about it. Really? It, it, yeah, it's it's Sean Payton. It's a different situation. I mean, oh, for, you mean for Drew Locke? Yeah, I thought, for, you, meant, I thought you meant going oh, back to Russell Wilson and no, no, trying no, to no, like, move no, no. it over. No, I'm fundamentally I fundamentally that, flawed quarterback. That feels, yeah, ship feels yeah. sailed. Yeah, yeah. All right, we we'll, we we will sort out the rest of this here. So be sure to stick with us. DoorDash went all out for game day and DoorDashed stuff from all the ads to one lucky winner: cars, snacks, even tax software. DoorDash is the all-in-one app for your everyday needs, from restaurants and groceries to flowers and gifts. So next time you're running low on dinner ideas, pet supplies, or just time, you can get so much more than you realize delivered. Didn't have a chance to hit the grocery store this past weekend with all the big game commotion, or maybe your bar cart has been mysteriously cleared out. Well, stock up for the week ahead with delivery from DoorDash. Football season may be over. But we're in the thick of basketball games, the school year, and let's face it, winter. I can think of a million reasons daily to order DoorDash. Hop on the app and make your day a little easier. Just some other names um, to invoke as far as contracts from last year's cycle for backup quarterbacks. Uh, Taylor Heineke got an average of seven per. 
to come in and be a high floor backup, potentially compete for a starting job. Um, that what they went away from him and then went to him and then went back away from him again. Um, Mike White got a deal that was four million per from the Dolphins. And I know there was uh, stipulated money in there as kind of the hedge against Tua's injury history. Um, Andy Dalton, right, was last year. Yep. He got five per. So kind of the, the top of this market last year for this beyond the, the starting expectation was Brissett at eight, Heineke at seven. Um, and then you're you're into Mariota and Dalton at, at five because Trubisky was the year prior, right? Yeah. And that was a little over five and a half. So that Oops. paints a, a nice picture for expectations on dollars. Yeah. 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 Which is is reasonable money. And it's also a hard pill to swallow when you cross-reference it versus what eight million dollars could get you at some other positions across the league. Like a guard? You can get a good starting guard for eight million. Tight end. Linebacker, linebacker, safety, safety for a guy that you hope you don't have to play. Right. <laughs> and who was it that says if it was, uh, was uh, Manning's Moore. coach, right? Tom yeah, Moore. Tom Moore. Yeah. If 12 goes down, we're, you know what, anyway. <laughs> yeah. We don't practice that way. I don't, I don't like that. I mean, what's interesting about that conversation is the last two years, we've had record setting amount of quarterbacks play. I think it's 66 quarterbacks. Each of the last two seasons started a game. I'm not a math guy, but that's more than two per team. Um, and like backup quarterback stress depth, their quarterback depth in general has been stressed more than ever the last two seasons. Um, so, yeah, I mean your your trajectory is not the same if your starter goes down. But sometimes you just you just need to keep it afloat. And I think sometimes we get we get it twisted and we think that every quarterback injury is a season ending injury. It's not right. Sometimes you just need a few games and some for someone to, to keep the, the ship afloat. And, you know, I, I think, I think that's important. Well, I think that's where you cross reference Joe against like, we were pretty critical of Jake Browning being the backup quarterback in Cincinnati before the season, as far as what our expectations were for right. him, their system figured it out. You know, the, the bears go two and two with Tyson Bajan. Brock Purdy is on the books for 900 K the next few seasons. Skylar Thompson started as a rookie in Miami. For four games, that was a 900K salary. Um, let's see, continue to go through here. Uh, you think about the the day three quarterbacks this year. Jaron Hall, Sean Clifford, Doreen Thompson-Robinson, Clayton Toon, like all these guys, Stetson Bennett, Jake Hayner. You're surprised these guys are getting drafted where they're getting drafted. It's like, well, yeah, it's, it's a backup quarterback that you could at least swing a little bit of upside on, even if there's not experience, for one-fifth to one-eighth the cost. Those are dangerous places to live in because a lot of those names I might have said are unserious backup quarterbacks. I'd be inclined to agree with you. Because um, <laughs> it's in the ballpark of what guys like McCarron and Simeon and Yeah. But look at look at what the Atlanta gave Heineke and and if they would have just rather had Jake Browning for a for a ham sandwich, right? Instead of giving seven million a season right. to Heineke. Right. And then all, uh, and then all this plays out, and then Joe Flacco comes in and signs the a vet min. Was it a vet min deal for Flacco? Uh, Joe Flacco was two point two million. Two point two. So okay, uh, but it was two point two for like a quarter of the season. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? So yeah. that's more like four, really, is what, what that one comes to. Yeah. So. yeah, I think that's what they told us, is that if it was a full season deal, it would have been four. So if you're looking for a Flacco market, that's probably where you're, you're looking as well. So I don't know. What, what do we really need to come to consensus with here other than which quarterbacks we want to watch tomorrow? <laughs> we well, yeah, well, we we could sort that out. Um, what do you what do you think about a couple of these older guys? Carson Wentz. I mean, he was he was a midseason practice squad signing. Is he is he done? Is it like is opportunity gone for Carson Wentz? Joe Flacco. What is what is his future look like? You I know, think Joe Flacco deserves the right to be a good backup for the tiers that you have. Do you do it in Cleveland, where you're trying to rehab? You're still rehabbing Deshaun Watson. Right, that get, I think that gets maybe a little bit more messy than. So the team he should go to, the one that he's probably the most valuable to, we shouldn't do that because we would we would hate for Deshaun Watson to throw. He's a got a fully guaranteed contract, and he's on the books for like sixty two million dollars against cap this year, and they'll rework. The I mean, I get it, I get it, but, but let's call it what it is. Right. That's that's the cost, the alternative cost that you pay for giving a quarterback the contract that you gave Deshaun Watson. Um, but yes, I like, I'd like Joe Flacco more than Tannehill and Mariota. I mean, Flacco at least showed you could play in subpar conditions. Right. Rip it. Right. Right. There's, there's a, don't give an F element there. Just hang it loose and, and cut it, cut it out. Don't care if you throw picks. How about this name? Sam Darnold. Um, Went to San Francisco, didn't didn't really have to play. Um, did he do enough image rehab at 27 years old um, for there to be a chance for him to have a, a good spot, a good landing Man. spot? Yeah, is this, is this, of all the players that you're wondering if there's a ceiling to get back into a starter of all the names that we did not have not invoked as a starter, how would we have perceived Baker Mayfield 12 months ago? Oh, he's a one-year, $4 million backup quarterback. Right, exactly right. And I think, like, Sam, Sam could probably still go in the right environment. And I think it's kind of an oxymoron that he's in a very quarterback-friendly place currently. But I don't love what Sam has historically been versus what quarterbacks have shown you ideally would have as traits to have success in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Because it's, it, he, he's somebody who is a little bit more like Baker Mayfield, right? I think he's more athletic than Baker, but he's, he's got a nice arm. He can move around a little bit. He likes to push the ball down the field. He's not the most anticipatory thrower. One thing I've learned, and I also went to Carolina, so don't don't right. you dare put, no. put right. Darnold in that boat. Right. So either. <laughs> Baker and Sam Darnold back to Carolina, right? Um, now, what's fascinating to me about quarterbacks, and if you just kind of look back over the last several years, opportunity never stops existing, right? Just like look at the day one starters. Look at the look at the, we just went through it. There's 66 starting quarterbacks the past two seasons. Like opportunities never go away. And so for a lot of these guys, it's about where, where do you position yourself to have an opportunity for you to get have a Mason Rudolph moment, to have a Baker Mayfield moment, right? Because it happens. Right. And um, 
there's a, I think there's going to be a lot of turnover here at quarterback. I mean, we, you mentioned at the beginning, like we could see 25% of the starters turnover, but there's a lot of depth here that I think is going to be turned over as well. So different landscape yeah. for the quarterbacks. Once again, you know where I might like Sam Darnold Pittsburgh. I'm just kind of looking through the teams of who we have a pretty good feeling of who they are offensively. I don't know if 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 Seattle doesn't retain Drew Locke, Donald there would be interesting for me. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a couple. But, the uh, Giants with Dable. Yeah, yeah. Can we can we guarantee we're going to get him some pass catchers? Because I think that's the difference between both Pittsburgh and Seattle versus New York is the yeah. the perimeter wide receiver plays is night and day. New England opportunities are going to be there. We can draft Harrison. I don't know that that's Van Pelt. It's a little bit more Shanahan-y <laughs> zone mm. of the names you invoked. Give me Pitts or the names we've invoked. Give me Pittsburgh or Seattle. It's for Sam. I'd like that a lot. That is going to do it for our quarterback free agency outlook preview. Uh, tomorrow we're going to do deep dives, film deep dives on Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, and probably one other to be determined player. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll leave you hanging there. You'll have to come back tomorrow and find out who that's going to be. I'm Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Marino. We are Locked On NFL Scouting. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Make it a great rest of your day. We're out of here.